Greetings and welcome back to another an ongoing series of Shurim and Daf Yomi. We are now in the Darim Daf Membet Amud Aleph. The main topic we will deal with today is about Shvi'it, Shemitah, and specifically about the problem of getting Hana'ah from somebody's fruit, from the Madir's fruit, uh, during Shvi'it. And so we have to lay down certain principles. Um, during Shemitah, your fruit is hefker. You do not own it. And therefore, a person may come into your field and harvest your fruit as is his want. Now, uh, that also means that access to your field is something which is not considered trespassing, but only access for that purpose. That leads us to the following. If someone is mudar, B again in our system, B is mudar um and uh that ned there takes place before Shmita. A no yore the toch sadehu, veino chelmin hanutot. Uh you A B cannot go into A's field, uh and the reason is because a neder of Hana'a includes Drisataregel, as we saw at the beginning of the parak, and he may also not eat from B's food, which is overhanging or sticking out over the boundary, nutot or notot, more properly, which is sticking out over the boundary, and therefore you do not need to go into his property in order to get it, for the simple reason you're not allowed to get hanah from him during the sixth year or any of the earlier years, it is owned by him. Now, notot. Uh, sorry, uvashvi'it, but during Shemitah, meaning if the nedu was taking during Shemitah, a no yored the tochsadehu, then B may not go into A's field because there's still an isr of drisataregel, and we have to find out why, because after all, uh, as, as I mentioned, you are allowed to go into the other fellow's field, and it's, he doesn't own it for purposes of harvesting when, um, when that's what you want to, uh, to accomplish, you may go into harvest. Now, but during Shemitah, if the netter is taken during Shemitah, then you may take the fruit that is sticking out of, of, um, over his boundary and not in his field. Now, let's say that the nether you took was a nether of just ma'achal, which of course allows Drisa to regal, and the nether was taken before Shemitah. You read the tochsadehu ve'enochel min ha'perot, uvashvit yored ve'ochel. You may go into his field, and, um, and, uh, but you may not eat his fruit, because of course there's still, it's not Shemitah, and he owns his own fruit, but during Shemitah you can go into his field, and you can also eat his fruit. That is the Mishnah. Now, a majority of the focus of our Gemara is going to be on what seems to be a dispute between Chachmei Bavel and Chachmei Eretz Yisrael about a related formulation. Ravu Shmuel, Chachmei Bavel, Da'amri Tavayu, Nechasim Elu Alecha. A says to B, this property, these possessions are also to you. Lifnei Shvi'it, and he made the ned there before Shemitah. Ein Yorei Letoch Sadehu, B cannot go into A's field. Ve'in Ochel Min Hanotot, he may not eat from the overleaning stuff. Avabishi Gea Shvi'it, even during Shemitah he may not eat from it. We'll see why. But if the nether was taken during Shemitah, during which you have no ownership over the fruit, 
the fellow cannot go into your field, B cannot go into A's field, but B may eat from A's outleaning fruit, the stuff that is going outside of his boundary, so it doesn't necessitate him coming in. That's Ravu Shmuel. In Tveria, the Amri Tavayu, they said, If you take a nether in which you say, in which A says to B, My possessions are also to you. If he took the nether before Shemitah, then a fellow can't go into his property. Same thing, can't eat from the alt leanings. But once Shemitah comes, he does not go into the field, but he may eat from the outleaning stuff, which sounds as if they disagree with Rav and Shmuel about what happens when you take the neder before Shemitah and now Shemitah comes. Rav and Shmuel said, you may not eat. Rabbi Yochum said, you may eat. Now, that's the statement. Let us posit that their disagreement is as follows. The Rav and Shmuel maintain that you can prohibit something which is in your possession, and the ban will be maintained even after it leaves your possession. And therefore, when you took the neder during the sixth year, it continues into the seventh year when you don't own it anymore. And Rabbi Yochum must maintain that you cannot ban something while in your property that the ban would continue after you own it no longer. Meaning, once you don't own it, it's not banned anymore. That must be what they say, which is why they say once Shemitah comes, you can eat the outleaning stuff. Now, does that really work? So first of all, is there anybody who does not accept the principle that you have the ability to ban something to someone else now while you own it and that the ban will continue even after you own it no longer? That's first of all, we'll test that. And second of all, And also, if that's the case, then the disagreement should be on the same terms. They should both talk about Nechassim Elu, and Rabbi Yochanan should say, and Shemitah becomes Mutar, and then we'll understand that if it's a Nechassai case, certainly they'll agree that it's Mutar. This is going back to the first question. We have a clear Mishnah that states that a person has the ability to ban something which is in his possession and the ban will be maintained even afterwards. As we find in the Mishnah later on in the Darim, if a man bans his son from benefiting from him, then once the father dies, the son can inherit from him because it's no longer his. But if father said that he will not benefit from me while I'm alive or even afterwards, then he may not, the son may not inherit, which means that the father has the ability to ban his possessions on his son and the ban will be continued even after his death. So that seems to be ironclad proof that everyone agrees with the principle that you have the right to ban something and that ban will carry uh, carry over till after it's no longer in your possession, which means everyone should agree that if you ban fruit on the fellow, even when it becomes Shemitah, and therefore you are dispossessed of it, the ban is still in place. 
So the answer is, Shani Hacha Moto. This is not a good proof, because in this case, the fellow explicitly said, when I'm alive and after I die, which means that he explicitly stipulated that this stuff is prohibited even if out of my outside of my ownership. In our case, the fellow didn't say even in Shemitah or even Hefker, he just said it's also to you. So that proof we don't have. However, the second challenge we still have. If they really disagree about that fundamental principle, let them disagree with the same formulation and see the difference. kasha. <clears throat> The truth is that everyone agrees if you say Nechassim Elu, that ban will carry over even after you no longer own it. The disagreement is when you say my tree, my fruit, my possessions. Rabbi Shmuel must hold that it does not matter which way you formulate it. Adam Oser, a person has the right and ability to prohibit something and that ban will continue after they're dead. After they're no longer owners, sorry, like Shemitah. And Riachon Rishlakish, according to this suggestion, accept the notion that there is a distinction. That when you say Nechasim Elu, it can carry over beyond your ownership. Nechasai, my property, doesn't carry past your ownership because you associated the ban with you being the owner. Now, time out. Is it possible that anybody would not accept this distinction that we are associating only with Rabbi Yochum Rishlokish, a distinction between Nechassim Elu Nechassai? Vatanan, we have a Mishnah. If a man says, I am banning myself from this house that I'm, uh, that I won't enter or this field, etc. So, Meitor Shemachol Acher Mutar. If, um, uh, sorry, if a man says, I'm banning myself from your house or your field, then if the fellow dies or gives it away to somebody else, then mutar, then you're allowed to go in. But if he points to the house says, I'm banning myself from this house or this field, and not yours as much, then asur, even after he dies, asur. It's still asur, which means everybody agrees that there's a distinction between elu and shalcha. Nechasim elu and nechasai. Ella, so how do we answer that? The answer is very simple. We're talking about one case. If you say Nechasai, and by the way, everyone would agree with this, once you no longer own it, like Shemitah, it becomes Mutar. And Rabbi Shmuel said about Nechasim Elu, which everyone will agree, even Rabbi Yochum it will carry over even into Shemitah, and they are not disagreeing. They're simply representing the Halakha in different formulations. Good. In the Mishnah, it said, you can't go into the field. In the first case, when you said that they're your mudra no, you can't go into the field, but you can eat the outline, outleanings. So, why you allowed to eat the outleanings during Shemitah, the Paradef Kerinun, because they are unowned fruit. But the land is also, and the access to get into the ice field is also unowned. So, why aren't you allowed to go in? So, Ula says, that the permission, that the uh, relinquishment of ownership that HaKadosh Baruch Hu enforces on landowners during Shemitah is not a blanket one, but rather only insofar as is needed in order to harvest. And therefore, if the trees are right on the boundary of the property, there is no allowance to go in because you can harvest them just as easy, just as easily from the outside. And that's what Ula says is, we're talking about a case where the trees are right on the border of the property. 
Now, Shemil Yakim Omar, Gzeir Hashem Yishabamida, he had a different take, and he said there's a concern that the fellow will hang out too long. This, if you recall, was cited as one of the answers, or cited and then, um, and then modified is one of the answers of why you may not sit when you come to do Biker Cholim, because you may stay there too long beyond the Biker Cholim, and you're going to start talking about other things. Same thing here. The guy is going to go, B is going to go into A's field to harvest. That's fine. But then when they start talking about politics and about primaries and about whatever else, then he no longer has the permission to be there, except insofar as A is Mochel. But remember, there is no Mochila, corner of Eliezer, and we're following that approach when it comes to Mudur Hanah. Okay, the next Mishnah, the beginning of Mishnah Vav, HaMudur Hanah Mechavero Lo Yash Ilanu Velo Yishal Mimenu. You're not allowed to lend him stuff or to borrow stuff from him. You can't lend him money or borrow money from him. You can't sell or buy. Now, we have always worked with the assumption throughout our parak that only one of the parties is a mudar and the other party is a madir, and it is not reciprocal. And therefore, it bothers us that in every one of these negotiations and deals, there should be only... One person is not allowed to benefit, and in every one of them, there's only one beneficiary. For instance, in lending, the borrower benefits, the the lender doesn't benefit, and therefore, in a case where A um, borrows from B, why is there a problem? And yet we said it can go in either direction. So, I understand why you can't lend him to come a honey late. There's a little bit of a girsa confusion. We're going to follow the run. So we're talking now about B. B cannot borrow from him. And buy from him. Borrow items. That's the run. Because after all, he's benefiting from him. Good. So the question formulated the way the run reads it is far clearer than the text that we have. So, they're talking about B. I understand why B can't borrow from A. And lo yishal mimenu, and lo yikach mimenu, because we always assume the buyer in a normal market to be the beneficiary, right? And then the answer given is, uh, He says, our Mishnah is unique. It's a case where both parties were mudar from each other. Now, the reason it's a little difficult is it doesn't state that, and the rest of the Mishnah are clearly unidirectional in the darn. So therefore, Abayi comes with a different answer. Abayi Amar, Gzeira Lishom It is a decree, in, in, we prohibit you, A, borrowing from B as a precaution against A, lending to B, etc. And that's the same way that it works. Good, we're going to do the last Mishnah in our parak, which is the rest of Vav, and then... Um, and then Zion and Chet all together in the next piece, and go a little bit further, and then finish the Parakim Yitzhak Hashem, the podcast after that. In the meantime, everyone should have a wonderful day.